0: the halfway point of a series uh, where we're talking about becoming great people for those of you that have been here has this series been a blessing to your life if it has can you give the lord a round of applause you know we're talking about becoming great not to feel superior not to to show off but we're talking about becoming great because as we do so we do it for the glory of god We do it because God wants to accomplish his purposes. God wants to expand his kingdom. And as he does that and he uses us, he makes us into great people. So we're looking at six characteristics that great people possess. We've talked about the first one, which is great people completely surrender to Jesus. With the second one, we said that great people are in a constant spiritual growth. And the third one, as we spoke last week, was that great people are empowered by the filling in the Holy Spirit. And today, I want to share the four characteristics of great people. And that is that great people fulfill the purpose they were created for. Great people fulfill the purpose they were created for. Let's pray, and then I'll tell you more about that. Heavenly Father, this morning... We draw to you because your word says that if we do so, that you would draw to us, Lord. And we know that you are in this place. We have sensed and we can see your presence in this place. We can see it in the smiles. We can see it in the lives that are being transformed. We can see it in the fact that there's people that wouldn't be here this morning if it weren't because you are actively working in their life. So, Lord, as we go into your word, we don't just want to be filled with knowledge. We, are, we don't just want to be uh, pampered up and, 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 and just be cheered up. Lord, we want to be transformed. We want your word to do something in us, to transform something in us. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would work in every heart and that you would take the word of life and make it life in our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, as a pastor, I'm privileged to hear amazing and humbling stories regarding our church. And the details often differ in small ways and sometimes in big ways. But um, some of my favorite stories that I get to hear about our church have one big thing in common. And sometimes these stories come from people who have never attended a Christian church. Who said, I, I've, I've been to other churches, but I had never been to a Christian church. And sometimes these stories come from people who have been disconnected from a Christian church for a long time. And sometimes even these stories come from people who purposefully have avoided church at all costs. And they've said, I would rather be caught dead than in a church. And sometimes these stories come from people who have been asking God for a church. For whatever reason, they they, they, they maybe don't have a church anymore and they're asking God for a church. And, And the stories that I get to hear as a pastor is about the awesome first impression that our church has on them. The awesome impression. And, and, and sometimes they say stuff like this. They say like, Pastor, I just felt so right at home when I came to Day Spring. I felt so welcome. I felt so loved. I felt like, like I was already family. I get to hear parents brag about how much their kids love our kids' ministry. And they said, you know, sometimes we don't even want to come to church. And it's our kids, the ones that are like, Mom, Dad, we got to go to church. And sometimes they tell me about how the worship helped them encounter and 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 sense and, and feel the presence of God, or how they found freedom and they found a supportive community and celebrate life. And one that I get to hear a lot is how awesome the cafe is. And so many on and on stories. And these stories brighten my heart. They they encourage me because I believe, and this is why I do this, I believe that Sunday after Sunday, people visit our church for the first time and they leave impacted. They leave glad that they came. And I'll tell you a big reason why. Yes, God is in this place. Yes, we are the church of God. But a big reason why is because we have amazing people in this church. We have great people who serve. And in fact, this morning, I'd like to make the argument that anyone who serves in any way, in any shape is a great person. That if you are the one folding the bulletins or scheduling teachers or cleaning the church or running the cafe, that anyone who serves in the eyes of God, they are a great person. Can I tell you why I believe that? And and I need to say this to you. I'm not lying to you. I am not trying to deceive you. I'm not trying to make you feel good. No, I can tell you this with assurance because the greatest person that ever lived said so. And in the eyes of God, when we serve and when we make God's house attractive, when we work in God's house, we become great individuals. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 20, 25 through 28. It's right there in your outlines. Jesus called them together and said, who did he call together? Anybody know? His disciples, his apostles, his followers, his twelve Listen to what he said to them. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, in other words, he says, you know that those that, that are not believers, that those that, 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 that do not, uh, we would say in our day, that those that are not Christians, that those that do not have the Lord in their heart, lord over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. And all that Jesus is doing here. Is he's he's just bringing into mind the way society works, and he says those that are great they lord over people. But look at what he says. He says not so with you. Instead, listen to this. Whoever wants to become great among you must become a leader. Must become a what? A servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Now, that, 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 that is radical right there. Because we live in America, the land of the free, the land of our rights. Ain't nobody going to make me a slave. Ain't nobody going to rob me of what I deserve of, of the rights that I have. But Jesus is saying here, listen, if you want to be great, You have to take on the mentality of a servant. And before you go off and say, that is just crazy, Jesus. Look at what he says next. He says, just as the son of man. And who's the son of man? Jesus. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. Let let, let me just make this first argument. If there was anybody who deserved, who could demand to be served, it was Jesus. You don't get any higher than Jesus. He is God, the beginning and the end. And he says, listen, even I did not come to be served, but I came to what? To serve and to give my life for many. You know, we usually think of great people as someone who is at the top and has people he can boss around, people that can serve him. But Jesus turned that equation And he gives us the secret to greatness. If you want to be a great individual, here's one lesson that that, that you can't run from. And it's this. It's not in your outlines, but I wanted to put it up in the screen. And here's the secret of greatness that Jesus gives us. Great people don't expect others to do things for them, but rather they serve others. In the eyes of God, greatness is not about how many people you got serving you, but about how many people you are serving. And the more people we serve, the greater we become. Now, listen to this. You were not created just to consume resources. God did not create you just to eat and breathe and take up space and wait to die and go to heaven. God made you, listen to this, this drives me. This wakes me up every morning. This is the reason I, 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 I love being a pastor. Is because God made you and me to make a difference with our lives. We were created to impact, to bless others. And we can't do that without serving them. We can't do that just consuming you were created to add to life while you're here on earth, not just to take from it. You were created to make a difference. You were created to do something. You were created to make this place better, not just to be another number, not just to be another human, die, and then go on to existence. Like I what Ephesians 2.10. You, you probably already know this verse. It says, for we're God's what? masterpiece okay if you ever feel ugly if you ever feel useless all you have to do is remember um, Ephesians 2 10 and he says we are God's masterpiece God made us awesome and look at what he says he has created us a new in who in Christ Jesus we we spoke about about that last week right what it means to be in Christ listen to this here's here's something awesome So that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. God created us not just to consume resources. God created us to make a difference in the lives of others. God created us to make, to add to life, not just to take from it. My desire this morning, I'm just going to be straightforward. I'm not going to hide my intentions. My desire this morning is to get you to answer to the calling of service. For you to say, Pastor, this church is amazing, and I want to help make it even more amazing, and I believe there's something I can do. And I just want to answer this question, because I know in one way or another you're asking it. I want to answer the question, why you should serve. It's a really simple answer. This morning, I only have one point. Usually, I have three or five points. This morning, I only have one. Right there in your outline, if you would pull it out, you can fill out the answer to why you should serve. And the answer is because we were shaped to serve. We were shaped to serve. And the word shape is is an acronym, and I'm going to tell you more about that. But look at what the Bible says in Psalms 139.13. 13. It says, you shape me first inside, then out. You form me in my mother's womb. Job 10.8 says, your hands shape me and what? made me. Listen, I want to tell you that you are going to give your life For something. Every single one of us. We're going to use our life. And we're going to give it to something. Or we're going to give it for something. It might be a career. It might be a sport. It might be a hobby. It may be the pursuit of fame. Or the pursuit of wealth. And here's the argument that I want to make this morning. None of those things. None of those things. Have lasting significance. None of them. Your wealth, when you die, you can't take it with you. Your fame, somebody more popular than you will come up. Your sports, you'll be lucky if you make it into the history. None of those things have lasting significance. But service is the pathway to real significance. If you want your life to matter, if you want your life to have purpose, if you want to discover your greatest purpose, you do it through serving. Mark Twain said the following. He said, The two most important days in a person's life is the day they are born and the day they realize what they were born for. You know the day you were born. And I hope this morning... I want to help you understand that you were born for a purpose, that you were shaped by God to serve. And it is through service that we discover the meaning of our lives. Romans 12:5 says the following right there in your outlines. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. Okay. Look at this next quote. They're going to put it up here in the screen. What matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of it. Not how long you lived, but how you lived. What matters in life is what we do with our lives. And God shaped us to make a difference. God shaped us God made it so that we could find significance in serving him and others. And serving is the key to a life that has meaning, that has purpose. And we were we were formed by God. Listen, you have to understand this. You weren't a result of a mass production. You were in God's mind when he was making you. And when he made you, he made you special and he made you with something in mind and he filled you with purpose. I like to say it this way. You are born on purpose and for a purpose. And part of that purpose is to make an impact in this world. And the way you do that, one of the ways you do that is by serving other people. So how is it that God has shaped us? This is one of the classes that Michelle and Mario offered in their ministry. And today I just want to give you a bird's eye view of how is it that God has shaped us. And there is five elements of our shape. And I want to take the word shape and look at each letter as an element. Here's the first element of our shape. And that is spiritual gifts. How is it that God has shaped us? Well, first, what spiritual gifts. God gives each believer, only believers get this. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, you do not have spiritual gifts, okay? But you can. If you accept the Lord, He will give you. And I'll show you in just a minute. Spiritual gifts are God-given gifts to every believer. They're God-empowered abilities to do what God has called us to do. They are an expression of, Of God's love and grace to us. You know what that means? That means you can earn it and you can buy them. You can only receive them because they are gifts. And by the way, you can't choose what gifts you want. God determines that. Oh, I think I just want to be a bench warmer. That's not a spiritual gift. Okay. Now, here's the really amazing thing. And this is where you begin to see God pointing us into the purpose that he created us for. These gifts, these God-given and power gifts are not for your benefit. They're for the benefit of others. That's what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12:7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can what? Help ourselves? Help each other. Listen. If you don't use your gifts, you are cheating other people. When other people don't use their gifts, they are cheating you. So we have to use our gifts. And and, and here's the thing. If you are a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you at least, at least have one spiritual gift. But nobody has all of them, okay? I've met some people that they think they have all of them. If you had all of them, you wouldn't need the church. Okay, So get off your high horse and you need other people. Okay, But every single one of us has at least one gift. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. Each has his own gift from God. One has one gift. Another has another gift. What is it that God wants you to do with that gift? Open it. Use it. That gift is not for you. It's for others. Listen, If God is giving you the the spiritual gift of healing, you need to operate in that gift. Because if you don't, other people are being cheated. The second element of our shape is heart. And H stands for heart. Proverbs 27, 19 says, As a face is reflected in the water, so the heart reflects a person. And the heart, what I mean by the heart, the heart represents the things you love to do and care about the most. Have you noticed that we have different passions, different interests? I could care less. I'm serious. I could care less on how organized something is in my garage. I do not. Just having things organized, and I'm not a dirty person. But it just, it's not a passion of mine. Some of you, you're like, Pastor, you, you like the Dodgers? I could care less about the Dodgers. We have different passions, different hearts. Right? And they differ. Now, listen to this. Did you know that every single one of us has a unique heartbeat? That no two people have the same heartbeat? Well, God has given each of us A unique emotional heartbeat that raises for certain things and certain subjects. Some people are passionate about the elders. Some people are passionate about single mom. Some people are passionate about the youth. And God has given us those passions, that heart, because he wants to point us to where he wants us to serve. Your passion is a clue of where you should be serving. If you don't have a passion for worship, don't sing. (laughs) If you don't have a passion for kids, don't try to work with kids. Paul had a passion. The Apostle Paul had a passion. His passion was to see people be saved. Look at what Romans 10, 1 says. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be what? What? You know why God used them in a great way? Because he had a great passion. And I want to tell you, the greater your passion, the greater God can use you. Amen. And listen, in the same way as God put a passion in Paul, God has put a passion in you. So that you know where to serve. The third element of our shape, A, stands for abilities. And there's three different kinds. I mean, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says the following. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, different gifts, different ways of serving, different abilities to what? To perform. What's the difference between abilities and spiritual gifts? Abilities are your natural talents you are born with. Did you know the average person has anywhere between 500 and 7,000 different skills and abilities? So even the least skillful of us this morning has 500 different abilities. Our all abilities, listen to this, all abilities come from God. All of them, even the abilities that are being used for sin are God given. They are just being misused and abused. But all abilities come from God. And since all abilities come from God, they are not more important or less important than your spiritual gifts. The only difference is that you get abilities when you're born, you get spiritual gifts when you are born again in the spirit, when you become a believer. Listen, your abilities were not given by God to you just so that you can make a living. The Bible speaks of different abilities. God has given some of you the ability to make money. You're so good at making money. You're hustlers. You're good at generating business. You're good at generating ideas. And God has given you those abilities not so that you can just make a living, but so that you could serve others. And we are to use. Listen. Your abilities point to what you should be doing. What God asks you to do, he enables you to do. If you can't carry a tune, God doesn't expect you to be a singer. He doesn't. The fourth element of our shape is P. And P stands for personality. P stands for your personality. 1 Corinthians twelve six says, God works through what? But we don't really believe that all the time. We think God only works through loud, excited, exciting people. And that's not true. God works through what? Are you different? God can work through you. Listen to this. God works through different people in what? Different ways. But it is the same God who achieves his purpose through them all. Did you know that it was God who made introverts and extroverts? By the way, I'm an introvert. You wouldn't think so, but I am. But my passion for serving and the power of the Holy Spirit transformed me when I'm up here. You want to know how you know if you're an introvert or an extrovert? If you're an extrovert, you replenish your energies. You get energized by being around people. If being around people drains you, you're an introvert. Sundays after church, I'm a... I'm a zombie. I got to go home and replenish. We have a sacred tradition in our home Sunday naps. You should try it. But listen, God made introverts and extroverts. He made people who love routine and those who love variety. I'm a routine person. I schedule my week in advance, and when something gets thrown off, I need the power of the Holy Spirit not to lose it. God made some people thinkers and others feelers. It's called marriage. I'm joking. (laughs) Some people work best as individuals and others thrive in teams. Now listen to this. There is no right or wrong temperament for ministry. There is no right or wrong. We need all personalities to give the church flavor. We need all to we we you know that's why we like to have different people come up here. Because if everybody was like me, we would all be deaf. If everybody was like me, we would all sweat like crazy. So we need different personalities because it makes us it makes the church exciting. And your personality affects how and where you use your spiritual gifts and abilities. you got to know yourself. For example, if you're an introvert, you probably don't want to be an usher. Because you're going to... If you're an extrovert, you probably don't want to do counseling. Because you're going to talk more than you listen. Okay. The fifth element. The fifth element. Let me wrap this up. The fifth element of our shape is experience. Your experiences. Romans 8:28. We know that in everything God works for the good of those that love Him. Do you love the Lord? Does the Lord live in your heart? Then the Bible says that He uses everything that happens to you, every experience, for your good. We have been shaped by our experiences. And listen to this, listen to this. God doesn't want you to hide your experiences. He wants to use them for good. And there's at least six type of experiences. You've had experiences in your family. You have educational experiences, vocational experiences, spiritual experiences, ministry experiences, and painful experiences. And let me tell you, let me talk a little bit about the last one. Your most powerful ministry will most likely come from your greatest pain. God doesn't cost the pain, but he can use it. And listen, some of you guys think, Pastor, I have nothing to offer. I'm divorced. I'm broke. I've done so many poor mistakes, and I would disagree with you. You have a lot to offer. Because you could take a young man and say, listen, I, I did it my way, and look at me. And you can guide that person and say, listen, I, I know that maybe I'm not the person to give you advice on how to have a good marriage. But I can give you advice on the type of things that you can do and end up divorce." <laughs> we all have something to offer. And, and listen, God doesn't want you to hide your experiences. He wants you to use them. But he can't use them if you keep them secret you got to get involved. So what I want to do is at this time, I want to dismiss the directors. They're going to get ready to go to their booths. Um, But church, we're not done yet. I I, want to wrap this up. Um, I don't know, Abraham, if it was possible to have. No, that's fine. Go. Go. So let me wrap this up. Please don't get distracted as they leave. They're just getting ready to go serve you. Okay. They're getting ready to do that. I want to do a pastoral plead. Come on, guys, don't get distracted. I want to plead to you, as a pastor, the following. I want to ask you to serve somewhere. I believe, and I've been praying, and we've been praying for you, because we believe that there is a place for every single one of us. And I just want to make this last argument. If you're a Christian your salvation includes a call to service. Let me say that again because we don't teach that. Your salvation includes a call to service. Do you know why God doesn't take you to heaven the moment you accept Jesus? A couple of reasons. One, he wants you to tell other people the good news. Second, he wants you to serve his church. He wants you to serve others. You are not saved by serving. Don't don't, don't get me wrong. We don't serve to be saved. We serve because we are saved. We We are not saved by serving, but we are saved for service. And a saved heart is a heart that wants to serve. The Apostle John taught us that our loving service towards others shows that we are truly saved. He said in 1 John 3.14, he says, Our love for others proves that we have gone from death to what? To life. And I know what I'm about to say next is tough, but, but, but I really need to say it if I have no love for others, if I have no desire to serve others, if I am only concerned about my needs, I should really question whether Jesus is living in me. Because we, part of our salvation is a call to serve. And, And in the Bible, Jesus didn't give us an option. He commanded us to serve. In fact, Matthew twenty twenty eight says this. Your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and what? Those two expressions should be what describe Christians. To serve and to give. I want to ask you a question. Has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? Has God done more for you than you deserve? Is there gratitude in your heart for what he's done? Then you express that gratitude back to God by serving others. Because whenever you serve others in any way, you are serving Jesus himself. If you're not involved in any ministry, what excuse have you been using? What's the reason? Are you too old? Are you too busy? Too many kids? Kids are too little. I don't, I'm not a people person. Abraham was old. Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and all kinds of family problems. Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Noemi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric to say the least. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha worried a lot. The Samaritan woman had several marriages, Zacchaeus was unpopular, Thomas was a doubter, Paul had poor health, and Timothy was timid. But God used every single one of them. What is stopping you from letting God use you? God can use you. Listen, if not you, then who? If not now, then when? If not you, then who? If not now, then when? Church, can you imagine with me what we could do for the glory of God if we all got on board? Can you imagine? Listen, there's people right now outside and around this church that need Jesus. And we're not going to reach them By sitting down. Jesus said. The harvest is plenty. There's 4 million people. In LA. Jesus said. The workers are what? Few. One day we're going to stand before God. The Bible says. We're going to have to give an account. What did we do with what he gave us? God created you. And he shaped you to make a difference. And you make a difference by serving others. And there's a lot of places where you can serve. There's small things you can do, and there's larger things, but we need everybody on board. So here's what I want to ask you. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to dismiss. I want to ask you not to go from here to your car. Go pick up your kids. Together with your kids, let them see you that you are interested in serving in the house of God. And then I want to invite you to come to the ministry fair and look around. Just would you tell God this morning, God, use me, and then make yourself available? Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, you will have greater joy by impacting someone's life than you will by just being comfortable. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead.